Well, again, as always, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to put this worship service together for Deb Brown, who was our liturgist this morning, uh, for our Wesley Choir, for our praise singers, for Gary Brubaker, who puts our music together for us. Thank you. We're in the second week of our uh, series on ordinary miracles, talking about bread. Um, and I think oftentimes we think of miracles as kind of these big supernatural things that happen. And yet, that's true, and yet, <laughs> there are sometimes the smaller ones as well, like how the flowers grow or how bees make honey. And sometimes we can get just as lost in those ordinary miracles because God uses ordinary things for extraordinary purposes, like water, bread, and mud. And so this morning we talk about bread. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are sometimes those scents that just transport you. Maybe they transport you back in past in memories or to a particular person or place. Uh, sometimes scents alert us to particular situations. I mean, have you walked outside and gone, smells like rain? Or I know sometimes I walk outside, especially um, obviously in the summer, and I just go, oh my gosh, it just smells hot out here. Or, you know, like it's gonna snow. Or maybe you can smell, I've heard some people say they can smell the corn growing or you know when it's harvest time or planting time because of the scents that are around. Maybe the scent of lake water takes you to family memories. The smell of lilacs uh, remind me of my grandma Myers. She died when I was 10, but I remember these huge lilac bushes she had in her yard. And so when I smell lilacs, they just take me there. And then there's the scent of bread. Now, I, uh, sometimes realtors will bake cookies or bread in homes they're selling to make it smell more homey. And sometimes the smell of bread just makes you hungry. <laughs> but there's something comforting about it, the smell of bread and even the taste and feel and look. Bread is a staple food. Every culture has some form of bread in it. And then there's that smell when it's baking that just smells like home or like comfort. And every week we pray the Lord's Prayer, where we pray, give us today our daily bread. Where we say, give us today all we need to survive. Give us what we need, oh God. And there are the basics of what we do need. There's food and shelter, um, water. But then there's also um, safety and security and love and connection. And we need all of these things to, to survive and also to thrive. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today what we need to survive. Give us today what we need to thrive. Our story today, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, is probably very familiar, and it's found in several Gospels. This morning, our passage comes from the Gospel of John, um, and it's the feeding of the 5,000. Of course, it's the feeding of the 5,000 men. There were more women and children who were there as well. 
Um, I probably have said this before. I know I've said it in Bible studies for sure. Um, the feeding of the 5,000 is um, what my brother says is his favorite stories, um, his favorite Bible story. In fact, when my sister was getting married, um, he uh, was going to read scripture and he said, but I, if I can pick it. And she said, oh, which one are you going to pick? And he said, well, the feeding of the 5,000, of course. Of course, that makes sense for a wedding. Um, and so we were all kind of like, why, why is that one the one, of course, you would have at your wedding? Um, and he said, because I like it. I mean, I guess that's a good reason. So for many of us who grew up in the church, this is probably a story that rings familiar. You probably know most of it, either from one of the Gospels or another. Um, and even if you haven't heard this story before, maybe there's some familiarity to it um, of hearing about a story like this. So throughout the Gospel of John um, and some of the other Gospels, but in particular the Gospel of John, Jesus has been performing miracles or signs or wonders. There have been healings. We've already talked about water into wine. Um, and others. And so for those who have been paying attention to Jesus and to what he's been doing, um, they're, they're going to hear him uh, and maybe um, to encourage him to continue to be faithful um, or to continue doing what he's been doing. Maybe they're going because they're intrigued by what he'll say and do because of what he's already been doing. And, you know, I'd have to think that there were even some who were coming because they wanted to be healed or maybe they wanted a little bit of that wine that they heard about from the wedding. Whatever reason people are coming to hear and see Jesus, what he's been doing, the people are coming. And they're coming in large crowds. And so there's this crowd that's been gathered and Jesus has been teaching and, um, and then looks around and goes, we've been here for a while and people are gonna get hungry. Um, and so this presents a problem. And if you think about uh, what might happen to a group of people who are hungry, you know, maybe people will just start to leave. Like they'll just start to leave to go get lunch or they'll leave to go get food, which means that um, there'll be less people who hear this message. So maybe that's something that Jesus is concerned about, that, that there will be less people who hear what he has to say. Or he could, get, um, he could be concerned because I know when I get hungry, I get hangry. Um, hangry is hungry and angry at the same time. So I get a little grumpy when I start to get hungry. Um, and maybe that's also a concern. Like if this whole crowd starts to get hangry and grumpy, will there be disruptions or distractions um, and take away from what Jesus is saying and doing? So Jesus says to the disciples, hey, these people need some food. What are we going to do about it? And the disciples get caught up in the particulars of how this is going to happen. Um, they start to think about how much it's going to cost. I mean, you know, if you want to feed 5,000 people, how much is that going to cost? Um, and then how is it going to happen? Like, do we pass it around? Do we cut it here? Do we have everybody line up on this side? And if they're gluten-free over here and if they're dairy-free here, I mean... How do we get this happening? Um, so then they form a committee and then they vote on what the name of the committee is gonna be. And then, I'm just kidding, they don't do that part, but they may as well have, right? Um, so they compare prices and, and think about what this is gonna cost because six months of wages is no small change. And so they're, they're just kind of stuck being overwhelmed at how do we do this when this young boy approaches? 
and he offers his lunch. And his lunch is five barley loaves and two fish. This child saves the day. A child solves the problem that the disciples were trying to figure out. How are we going to do this? And here comes this, this child with his lunch, five barley loaves and two fish. Now, the type of bread um, may seem oddly specific. And usually if there's some detail that's mentioned that specifically, like the type of bread, it may mean something more. Now, it's probably something that people in that context would automatically know and assume, like, oh, barley bread. Um, but for us um, to ask why of the text or of the story, why would they point out that it was barley loaves of bread and not like wheat bread or banana bread or white bread or, you know, something else? Well, it's because barley loaves were the bread of the poor. That's what this young boy was bringing. His lunch was barley loaves and two fish. And this child offers his five barley loaves to feed more than 5,000 people because only the men were counted. Even this child actually wouldn't have been counted in that number, not, not the women and children. And so he offers this, the bread of the poor, to feed this, 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 this gathering. He gave sacrificially. Um, I mean, was this his only food for the day? Five loaves of bread is a lot. Was this his food for the week? Was this the food for his whole family? He gave all that he had. He was willing to offer all that he had to feed people who were hungry. Sometimes it's children who lead us to deep truths. Give us today our daily bread. And so then the story continues and the people ate until they were satisfied and there was food left over. Now, it doesn't say that people ate just a little bit, like they had, you know, a half a piece of bread. They ate until they were satisfied and there was food left over. So how did this happen? Well, Jesus prayed and it was this miracle. There was more bread and fish that anyone could eat. And for some, this is the best and most accurate answer. I mean, it's described as a miracle in the text. But there may be some skeptics who can't buy this story. And actually, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have a lack of faith. There are other ways to think about it. Perhaps... The little boy wasn't the only one to share his lunch. Perhaps everyone shared with one another. Seeing a child offer his lunch to feed everyone, maybe there were others who felt a little guilty about not thinking about it first. Maybe they pulled out their lunches to share with everyone. Maybe the miracle wasn't that Jesus multiplied the bread and fish through some sort of divine magic, but the miracle was that everyone gave generously. The rich were sharing with the poor. The poor were eating the same food as the rich. That's a miracle, isn't it? Several years ago, um, my brother uh, was with us at a church potluck, and we're standing in line waiting to fill up our plates with all of the delicious food. Um, and he sort of gets this look on his face, and I said, what are you thinking? And he said, 
Don't you think that potlucks are like the most un unchristian, unfaithful thing that you could do? And I said, what? You are clearly not talking to about Methodists, right? Um, I said, uh, tell me more. And he said, well, if you were faithful, wouldn't you just have five loaves and two fish and Jesus would do the rest? And I was like, all right, fine, fair point. But before I could say anything, he got this other look on his face and he went, unless the feeding of the 5,000 was about everyone sharing their meals together. So that might make it maybe the first potluck in the Bible. Maybe. What if it is? I mean, haven't you been to a potluck where the miracle has been that food hasn't run out? Where it looks like not everyone's going to get to eat and then suddenly there's an abundance of food? Is that a miracle too? Now, looking at the story of the feeding of the 5,000 this way might make some people uncomfortable or uneasy or maybe even say, no, that's not how it happened. And that's okay. We weren't there on that day. We don't know how all the people ate. We can speculate and we can explore and we can try and figure it out the best that we can. And whatever answer we come to, it tells us something about who Jesus is. It tells us something about who we believe God is. It tells us something about our relationship with God. And I do think it tells us something about miracles. I think it invites us into the story. It invites us to be a part of the miracle. When God sends a miracle today, God sends the body of Christ and the church is the body of Christ at work in the world. We get to be the miracle that we seek. There's a lot of times that I'm asked if I believe that miracles still happen today um, or if they still happen. And I have to say, yes. Yes, even if it's not the supernatural ways that we've seen throughout the Bible and through the stories of the Bible. But a miracle happens when a single mother calls the church and asks for help with her electricity bill, and we have a discretionary fund to offer support. A miracle happens when someone receives a prayer shawl and shows it to everyone who comes into their hospital room to tell them how much their church loves them and is praying for them and glad that they feel loved and supported during a difficult time. A miracle happens when a school asks for paper towels and Kleenex and we have delivered hundreds of rolls and tissues or when a food pantry makes a plea for particular items or food and they become overrun a miracle happens when a friend picks someone up from their house for church so they're not alone on a Sunday morning. You've seen miracles too. In fact, you may already have been the miracle that someone has prayed for, and maybe you didn't even know it. Sometimes we're the disciples pointing to the help. Sometimes we're the ones offering the bread. Sometimes we're the crowd waiting for a miracle. Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need to survive. 
So this feeding of the 5,000, I think, is an important story to tell. It's in all of the Gospels. But I think it's, it tells us so much more. It tells us something about ourselves, about how we interact and how we live with one another, how we take care of each other. It tells us something about God and what God provides and what God gives. It tells us something about Jesus and how Jesus recognizes our needs, sometimes even before we do, and works to meet them in ways that sometimes we don't understand and also calls us to be a part of. I think this story tells us something about how we live together and how we treat each other. I think this story tells us about miracles. They could be extraordinary. They could be ordinary. Maybe it is that Jesus provided all of this bread to be left over. And maybe everybody pulled their own bread to share with one another. It doesn't make it any less of a miracle. Think about all of the miracles that you get to be a part of. Now, maybe you don't know, and maybe you'll never know. Life itself is a miracle. May we stop. May we listen. May we offer our bread when we can, what we need to survive. May we join the miracle loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, giving us what we need to survive and to thrive. Give us today our daily bread. Thanks be to God. Amen.